Welcome to the latest episode of the Formula Scout podcast and we have a special guest for today's episode and I'm going to let him introduce himself. Velocity Racing Development driver in 2020 and 2021. Now, you uh, made your Formula 4 uh, debut, racing debut last year, but you tested the car before that and you've been karting for several years prior to that as well. Uh, talk us through you know, your karting career and how you ended up racing in F4. Okay, so I started karting at 9.5 at a local indoor karting facility in Virginia Beach. Uh, then at 10.5, we started traveling to GoPro Motorplex in Mooresville, North Carolina, and com- competed in club races. And from 10.5 to 13.5, I raced Micros, Minis, and V, X30 Junior, and WKA, USPKS, and Scusa Championships. Um, I met Dan Mitchell, my manager and engineer now, at Scusa Supernats in Las Vegas when I was 11. When I was 12, Dan was tuning for me in Ocala, Florida, when I went out on slicks in the rain, when most of the people stayed in the tent for rain tires, and I had a really good session, and he told me, and he told my dad that he thought I was capable of learning cars. In late 2018, Dan Mitchell had started Velocity Racing Development, and and at 13, I became his first VRD development driver. In December of 2018, January 2019... Dan sent me to run British F3 with Carlin at Paul Ricard, S-Rail, and Barcelona. Throughout 2019, I traveled with the teams and practiced at Atlanta Motorsports Park. I spent a lot of time driving, but also learning about the car and about communication between a driver and the engineer and a mechanic. In 2020, I started my rookie season in the USF4 Championship and was able to bring home the championship. Yeah. Now, the development driver role at VRD is particularly interesting. What did that involve through the 2019 season? Um, it included um, a couple tests a month in the VRD F4 car, and then every once in a while, uh, you get to do a test in the FR race car. So I was the first one ever to do the academy season, or the academy season. But now we have a few other drivers uh, into in our academy season like Nikita Johnson. Yeah, uh, and your your very first Formula 4 race start after all this testing was in a winter series at the very start of 2020. Um, that was quite the experience. Explain how that went. So I was really just getting a feel for like how cautions work because we don't have those in go-karting. Like It's just yellow, and then once you're through the yellow, it's green again. So just kind of like learning about how, the, how you do in the pace car and race starts i learned a rolling start at the first uh academy series i did and then the second one when i went to the academy um i learned stand starts which were really fun i enjoy doing those a lot Hmm. Uh, and you couldn't do both rounds of the f4 western one because you were too young at the time and that would have been the case as well if the usf4 season had started as originally scheduled but because of the pandemic it got delayed explain how you know you were going to end up debuting there even when the uh, calendar wasn't changed? Yeah, I did end up not being able to race at Sonoma because I was too young. Um, that was really a bummer because I was looking forward to racing at their racetrack. Um, and, yeah, it didn't affect any of like the real national calendar at all, like the F4 US calendar, because they were going to wave me by and give me an age waiver. So it wouldn't have affected very much. I would have been only 14 for the first race anyway. 
And what ended up being the first race was at Mid Ohio in summer, and you you left that weekend with a win and a second, although the win didn't count for championship points in a bit of a crazy weekend. Uh, explain how that how that went because that was the first time you were against the whole of the USF four grid. Yeah, so when I first showed up and I saw the trailers there, I was like, wow, I wonder how I'm going to do against all these other cars. Because there was like, I believe at the beginning of the year, there was like maybe 34 cars. So quite a bit. Um, a lot of them are rookies in the beginning as well. So yeah, Mid-Ohio was a pretty a pretty awkward weekend. Just, just a really good learning weekend because it was my first rain race, but also my first U.S. championship race against everybody. So just a lot of thinking, like, how am I going to do and, um, and like learning about safety cars and everything like that at the same time. And like what you can do, like follow the safety car into the pits if it has its lights on and like go to the end of the pit lane. You can't pull in your pit box, like things like that. Yeah, that, that weekend pretty much packed in every single bit of drama you could possibly get uh, in US yeah, Formula yeah. 4. Uh, and the next round after that was Virginia, which is a circuit you know far better. Um, explain how that went, because that's where you took two wins. So after after my debut in Mid Ohio, I was like, I was like, all right, um, now we're rolling. So once I knew how to do everything and like what to do, I felt a lot more comfortable and in the races and leading the races. I just had to learn out how to stretch a lead. It was kind of hard at Virginia because it's a really big drafting track and there's a lot of straightaways, so people can, it's pretty easy for people to stay with you. Um, and I just like the place in general. I like fast-flowing tracks, um, and that's really what Virginia is. So it was really fun that weekend. And it helps you build up momentum because you won it the next two rounds as well um and then actually concluded your season early because you know you'd wrapped up the titles so how much momentum did you feel you built as the you know you added more experience i feel like um from the beginning of the year to the end of the year i gathered a lot of momentum starting with virginia like after after i was at virginia since mid ohio was kind of an awkward weekend and i learned that i could win races and um how to win races I started getting more comfortable with like, okay, now I'm starting to like learn how to win because I'd never won anything before that, like other than the winter series. So, and that was only against about 10 other cars, not 30. So yeah, I did end up building a lot of uh, momentum as I went on throughout the other um, rounds as well. Yeah. Um, and because you wrapped up the title early, you skipped the season finale, but you stepped up to Formula Regional Americas with the Losty Racing Development. Uh, explain how many testing days you had in that car before you went there, and what were your expectations for that debut weekend? I probably had about maybe um, 100, 150 test days before I went there. So I was I was pretty well prepared. Just had, And I had Dakota Dickerson with me as well, because he was the FR America's champion before... Um, 2020 so it, it was really nice having him there because he could teach me about the fr car and like what to do when you're behind someone to avoid arrow wash like the braking technique so all of that stuff yeah and you're going to be returning to that series this year uh same paddock because obviously usf4 and formula regional run together is that going to be a benefit for you you know being in that same arena once everyone knows your face 
Yeah, I think it will. I've hung out with the stewards a little bit in their office, sometimes for good things, sometimes for bad things. Um, and I know a lot of people in the paddock. Um, I'm a pretty nice person, so I get along with a lot of people. Um, but I'm competitive at the same time. So, yeah, I think it'll be a big benefit. Yeah, and you're going to be doing not only Formula Regional next year, but Indy, uh, this year even, uh, Indy Pro 2000 as well. Now, how have you been preparing to, you know, switching between two very different cars weekend in and weekend out? Uh, I started I started going in between cars back in June of 2020 uh, from FR car to the F4 car to the USF 2000 car. So just going in between light cars and heavy cars with a lot of power um, has really helped me out a lot. Yeah, and the Road to Indy races on street circuits, which I guess will be something you will get to um, hopefully do in Formula Regional this year as well. They go to Canada. Uh, but how can you prepare for street circuits very well? Because, you know, simulators can't totally replicate uh, the surface conditions because obviously roads change all the time. Uh, and even more importantly, you know, a street circuit is so different to, you know, the classic road courses you usually race on. So Sebring is a really good place to learn street courses just because of how bumpy it is. It's a, I'm pretty sure it's a World War II air base, so... And it's on. It's right next to an airport, so made out of the same things. And it's just super bumpy because of how old it is. I'm going there next week, and it should be a pretty good learning experience because you can't go on a street course any time of the year you want. So that and the sim should help a lot. Yeah, and, and Formula Regional is holding its inaugural Winter Cup at Sebring. Um, can you explain kind of like what drivers are prioritizing at that Winter Cup? They're probably practicing just like we were talking about street course work like i know that the walls are kind of far away and they're not super close and there's runoff and grass at sebring but just the rough surface of the plate this is a really good um like really good to practice street tracks on yeah uh, and with this double program you're not going to be doing all of the indie pro races but you will be doing the full formula regional campaign uh, do you think you know you could win both? What are your expectations from both of those seasons? So my goal is to win both. Uh, I know it's going to be kind of hard and it's going to be a tough road to get there, but I I do believe we can pull it off. Kind of like kind of like um the F four year, just try and get it done in one year so we can start moving on to Europe. Yeah, and what are those plans in Europe? Explain kind of your roadmap to where you want your career to go. So, in, 2020, in 2022, I'd really like to go to FIA F3 with one of the top teams like Prema, ART, or Trident. And even when we get there, my goal is still just to try and win it as quick as possible. Yeah, and then on to Formula 2 after that? Yep. Yeah. Most likely, yeah. Yeah, and by moving across to Europe, you're going to be leaving the, the VRD setup, which you've been with several years now so what are you going to do to build those connections on another continent and you know bring some of that vrd experience with you so dan mitchell has experience over there and i'm sure he'd guide me the right way just because he knows people over there and some of the good teams and some good guys so i'm sure he'd hook me up pretty well 
Yeah. And the, the grounding here is, is you want to get to Formula One, don't you? You want to be the next, you know, top American talent that makes it after quite a long, long time since we've had an American race winner. Yeah. I, I think the last championship winner in F1 was Mario Andretti in like 1978. So, yeah, it'll be really nice to go over there and do a good job. Yeah. And, and make, make Americans proud. Yeah, and there's obviously the option that when you do win Indy Pro 2000, you then get the scholarship to go over or go up to Indy Lights as well. Uh, so that's always a possibility. Uh, is it possible you could do Europe and Indy Lights at the same time? It is a possibility, but I haven't really heard anything about it. Um, yeah, I actually haven't heard anything about it. So I'm not really sure, but it is an, oppor- I mean, it is an opportunity. And it, it, I mean, it could work out, but I don't know. And in the shorter term, you've, um, you know, your, your teammates haven't been announced in Indy Pro, and you know, learning from teammates is a really great way of improving your own racecraft. So, aside from Dan and aside from the simulator and test time, you know, what are you using and who are you talking to to boost your race performances for the year ahead? Just my coaches, my engineers. Um... And sometimes just my teammates on text, like, hey, what would you do in this situation? And, like, uh, even when we're just at a track, like, they'll look up, like, some races, and they'll be like, hey, look what I did with this guy right here. Do you understand, like, how I did that? And just trying to show me, like, the best way possible, like, how to win championships, because I have some pretty successful coaches. Yeah. So it's, it's going to be a very busy year, uh, a very exciting one as well. And the, the last driver I spoke to with this kind of roadmap ahead of them was Yuki Sonoda and he ticked all those boxes. So that is a a very good sign. Uh, Thank you, Hunter, for coming on our podcast and I I wish you the best luck for the season ahead and to, you know, stay healthy and happy through these odd times. Thank you, you too. It was a pleasure coming on your show. Thanks. Adios. See ya. Thank you.